Awesome. Well, welcome to church. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ellie and along with Mark, we are the lead pastors here at Exchange Community Church. Now, before I go any further, in case you were kind of getting a little confused with Mark's math before, during his offering message, we actually arrived in the US in 2008, not 2013. Those five years were significant five years. Our youngest son was born. Anyway, I just thought I would um, just let you all know we got here in 2008. Well, if you haven't yet said hi in the chat section or the comment section, please do so right now so our team can welcome you and just so that we know that you are a part of the service today. I don't know about you, but I am excited for 2021. This is going to be an incredible year. At Exchange, there's lots of awesome things happening. Our community groups, a whole bunch started last week and there's a bunch starting this week. Exchange track is going online. So a huge thank you to Russ and Sue who are doing so much work behind the scenes to be able to get our exchange track online and hopefully be available to you in March. We um, have our first prophetic prayer and intercession night. They're going to be um, on Sunday evenings and the details will be in your email so that you can register. We're working on our strategy, like Mark said, for weekly in-person services. We have raised enough money to provide a meal for the 60 ER staff at Kaiser in Walnut Creek. We are on mission with a Can You See Me billboard to raise awareness for human trafficking. They're currently working on three cities, either San Ramon, Walnut Creek or Oakland. We don't yet know the cost, but I just want to say thank you for those that have already invested into that missions opportunity here at Exchange. And I would love to be able to put a billboard up in all three of those cities. If you agree with me, say amen. Well, I love you, church. And hopefully, by the sheer fact that I'm still here, <laughs> that we're still here, you would know that. Not that I wasn't tempted, just for a little bit, to go and sit on the white sands, and the blue ocean in Australia with the sunshine. <laughs> no, I'm here. Mark and I are here. Our family are here because we're called to be here. We're called to be a shepherd, called to be a pastor. I'm not called to be a political mediator between, I think it's the elephant and the donkey. No, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a shepherd. I'm not called to be an activist. I am here and I'm called to keep a kingdom godly perspective. I'm here to share the good news. I'm here to preach Jesus. I'm here so that people would know God, make him known, build his church and bring heaven to earth. I am here because this is where God has called me. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Awesome. The other day, my, um, my laptop froze. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you. But for those of us like me who were born in the dinosaur era, it's 
tricky, right? I am clicking away and you know, all I can see happening because I have a MacBook is that little rainbow circle that just keeps going round and round and round and it just keeps spinning and I'm like, ah, when this happens, all I wanna do is just reset my laptop. I just, I just want my laptop to go back to the time when it worked properly. And then of course, my teenage son comes and shows me that I have too many tabs open and my laptop cannot focus. Sound familiar? You know, I don't believe that right now we need a reset. I don't believe we need to go back to what God did before, but we need a refocus. If you're taking notes today, write down the word refocus. See, a reset is gonna wipe everything away. But a refocus actually allows us to take the lessons that we've learned from all the things that we've been juggling, the things we didn't like that happened last year. We get to take all that and we get to learn from them and apply them so that you and I can focus on that which we have been created to do. Let's stop trying to go back to what life was like before, but instead let's focus and go, God, what is it that you are doing on planet earth right now? Because I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of the yesteryears. I don't want to be the person that's like, well, in my day, God did. I'm thankful for what God did. I'm grateful for what God did, but I don't live in the past and I'm not looking to reset to go back to the past. No, I'm looking to refocus so that I can be in line with what God is doing on the planet Earth right now. Can you say amen with me? Amen. Awesome. Well, let's pray. And then we're going to open up our scripture. Holy Spirit, we invite you here today. Holy Spirit, pour out a fresh anointing today. God, may every single person hearing this word today sense your presence, sense your anointing. God, you are near. You are not distant. You are here and you are present and we lean into that. And Lord, I pray for that fresh outpouring. God, I pray that we wouldn't just know the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but God, may we be a people that know the infilling of the Holy Spirit. May we know your power. May we know your miracles. God, we set our minds on what it is that you are doing on planet Earth today. God, help us to refocus. And everybody said, amen. Awesome. Well, if you have your Bible with you, turn with me. We're going to be picking up in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah, I forget the pronunciation, but for me, it's Isaiah. We're looking at chapter 50, and I'm going to pick it up in verses 5. And for those of you who might not be aware, Isaiah is one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And there are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. And the whole book pretty much prophesies the, um, prophesies the birth of Jesus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Just an awesome prophetic book. And we're going to pick it up here in verse 5. The Lord God has opened my ear. I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike. 
my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting, but the Lord helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Wow, is our, this is Jesus. This is our savior. This is our king. This is our Lord. He did not quit in the face of pain, in the face of opposition. No, he said, here's my back. You hit me with those stripes because I know that it is by my stripes that my children will be healed. Shame me, scorn me, put that crown of thorns on my head, spit on me, pull out my beard. But I know the purpose for my pain. And he set his face like flint. Jesus set his face like flint. What does that mean? Well, flint, when struck against steel, a um, flint edge actually produces a spark and a fire can begin. So when you and I set our face like flint, it implies that even though we are expecting opposition, even though there is a need to stand strong and to stand firm in the face of adversary, I will not be distracted and I will not quit. That's what Jesus, what it means when Jesus said he set his face like a flint. So resolute, so unshakable. Why? To get to Jerusalem. What was happening in Jerusalem was his true mission, his true purpose, and that was to die. To die for you and me, to face the cross, and then to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Isaiah 50 prophesies the resolute nature of Jesus because of his love he did not forsake the cross because of his love he willingly went and was crucified for you and I that was prophesied more than 400 years prior and if we pick up the story of the actual event one of the gospels that I'm just gonna pick right now is Luke Luke 9 51 and it says this, when the days drew near for him, for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. When Jesus knew that his time on earth was done, knowing what lay before him, he set his face to go towards Jerusalem. If you want to read and unpack that whole passage of scripture, it's pretty awesome, pretty profound. Again, in verse 53, it says, and his face was set towards Jerusalem, even though people didn't accept him and his disciples were saying, hey, do you want us to call down fire and burn these people? Jesus was like, no, my face is set like flint towards Jerusalem. Jesus left Galilee, knowing exactly what awaited for him in Jerusalem. He was focused. He knew his mission. Despite the opposition, he did not get distracted. He knew the pain you and I would cost him. And yet, 
he went willingly. He remained on mission and he stayed focused. You know, what you focus on does determine your reality. We tend to get what we focus on. I want to use an example. I remember when my dad taught me how to ride a bicycle. Now, I, I love my childhood. I have such fond memories of my childhood. I grew up on a farm in a little country town called Barclay East in the Cape Province in South Africa. And um, I could ride a horse before I learned how to ride a bicycle. And so when the day came for my dad to teach me how to ride a bicycle, I wasn't so concerned with balance because I knew how to keep my balance. And what I was concerned of is direction. How do I steer the bike? Because obviously on a horse, you have your bridle. And if I want to go this way, I just pull the reins this way. And if I want to go this way, but on the bike, I was a little nervous. And my dad said this to me. He goes, Ellie, focus on where you want to go. And that will help you steer your bicycle in the right direction. Now, being on a farm in South Africa, there was no nice paved roads. We're talking gravel, rock. Yeah one of those kind of dirt farm rows. I'm sure you get the picture right now. So to fall, it was gonna be very painful and I was aware of this. So I'm like, all right, stay focused, Ellie. Look at the road, keep your mission in front of you. And I'm on my bike and the first few seconds, we're going great. And as I'm like pedaling along, I see this tree in the corner of my eye, you know exactly where the story is going. So there I am riding my bicycle and I see the tree. And in my head, I'm like, don't focus on the tree, Ellie. Don't focus. Look where you want to go. And sure enough, as I kept my gaze on that tree, as I kept my focus on that tree and took it off the road, me and that bicycle hit that tree. And I was picking out gravel and rocks out of my knees and elbows for days to come. See, our focus determines our direction. See, if your focus is to find fault, you're going to find it. If your focus is to find fault in your spouse, to find fault in your parents, to find fault in your kids, you're going to find it. But if your focus is to find grace and to find forgiveness, you're going to find it. If your focus right now is on lack, then that's all you're going to see. See, if all I do is focus on the fact that I can't eat in a restaurant, or all I'm focusing on is the fact that my kids are missing out on some of the most fun and awesome experiences that they should be able to be having, then that's all I'm going to see. I'm only ever going to see lack if that is all I'm focused on. And all I'll see is their missed opportunities. All I'll see is that year behind a computer screen. And when I focus on that, and I'm just going to be honest, it has been my focus for some days. But when I'm focusing on what they're missing out on, do you know what happens inside my heart? I get angry. I get frustrated. I get disappointed. And when I allow myself to get frustrated, angry, and disappointment and disappointed, guess what I just did? I gave a foothold to the enemy. 
I gave him the opportunity to steal my joy. I gave him the opportunity to take away the chance that I had to pray for the people making the decisions on behalf of my family and my kids. When I focus on lack and I allow anger and frustration and disappointment to creep up inside my heart, I'm robbed from the opportunity to begin to pray and believe for their salvation. But oh, if you focus on Jesus, you know a beautiful song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. But when you focus on Him, His plan, His will, His purpose, that is what you begin to see. This is not a time for a reset. It's a time for a refocus. Let's look to Jesus. What is it that Jesus wants to do on the earth today? It's a refocus because some of us need to shift our focus from ourself and onto others. If we're honest with ourselves, our focus is about ourselves, how we feel, what is it that I want, when reality our focus needs to shift onto others. It's a refocus because some of us have been just focused and consumed on politics when in actual fact we should be focused on making Jesus known. For some of us, it's a refocus from judging people to having compassion on people. It's a focus from being right to being light. In case you're wondering, these are new glasses that um, I, I now have. It was a couple years ago, I noticed that when I would read my Bible, I was having a hard time focusing because the words were a little blurry. And so when I got my eyes tested and I got glasses, a few months later, I'm still struggling to read. And so I got my eyes retested and I was given a progressive lens. So I actually have like three ability, like three lenses, I guess, in my glasses, one to see one to look at a computer, and then one to read. And that was great for a majority of last year, but then towards the end of last year, even with my glasses, I'm like, my goodness, these words have got like little furry bits around them. Things are getting a little blurry. I couldn't see the street um, signs as well as I could. The crispiness had gone and I was just filled with blurry and you're squinting and you're trying really hard to focus, but I couldn't. And so I got new prescriptions. I got new glasses. Honestly, for some of us, things have become a little blurry and it's time for some new prescriptions so that we can learn to focus and so that things become crisp again. For those of you who know me well and you probably received some text messages from me that had words missing or I would misread words. See, when things are not in focus, when things are a little blurry, then you know what, we're making mistakes and we're seeing things that aren't there or we're seeing things that are, you know, that we shouldn't be, be seeing. And so anyway, I think you get the point. Prescription makes a world of difference when your life comes in to focus. And that's what I believe today is all about. Where do I think things have gotten a little blurry and a little out of focus? It's in the area of sharing Jesus with others. It's in the area of having a heart for people who are lost. And I don't mean that people are lost because they support a different political party to me. 
No. People are not lost because they see that the way to love America is different to the way I see it means to what it means to love America. People are lost, not because they look different to you, not because they sound differently to you. People are lost because they don't know Jesus. They don't know that he died for them. They don't know Isaiah, what Isaiah prophesied, that he willingly went to the cross and allowed people to mock him and scorn him. They're lost because they don't know that Jesus died and rose again for them. They don't know that they're lost because they don't know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father for them. They're lost because they don't know Jesus. But we got things a little blurry when we made it about a political affiliation. Things got a little blurry when we took our eyes off Jesus and put it onto man-made institutions to bring hope and to bring healing. There is no other name than the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen today? And if you don't yet know Jesus, oh, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know him as the one who brings hope and the one who brings life, if you've never surrendered ownership of your life to Jesus, then I pray that today would be your day, that you would invite Jesus into your heart and you would make, you would allow him to make it his home. Church, may we never get distracted and lose our focus, but may we be like Jesus who set his face like a flint towards the lost. May God break our heart for the lost. May we be filled with compassion for people, not filled with judgment, not filled with anger, not filled with frustration or disappointment, but oh church, that our hearts would break for people who do not yet know Jesus. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9 and let's have a look at what it is that Jesus was doing on the earth, on the planet, so that we know exactly where our focus needs to be. Verse 35, Matthew 9 verse 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. What was Jesus doing? He was declaring the gospel of the kingdom. He was telling people about himself and he was healing every disease and every affliction. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, not judgment, but he was moved with compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37, and then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Underline the word plentiful, highlight it, circle it, but it's the laborers that are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What was Jesus doing? He was preaching the good news. He was declaring the kingdom of heaven. He was healing the sick. He was healing those that were afflicted. And he looked at people. When he saw them, he had compassion. And he said, you know what? The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. It's the laborers that we need to pray earnestly that there would be more laborers in the greatest end time harvest revival ever to be seen. Amen.
Luke 10 in the message translation, I like the way it says it. Let's read it. And he says this, he gave them this charge. What a huge harvest. Matthew talked about what a, that the harvest is plentiful. Here in Luke in the message, it's a huge harvest. And how few the harvest hands. So on your knees, ask the God of the harvest to send harvest hands. On your way, be careful. This is hazardous work. You're like lambs in a wolf pack. Verse 4, and this is a word for some teenage boys today. Travel light, comb and toothbrush. Some parents are saying amen right now. A comb and a toothbrush are going to go a long way. And no extra luggage. Don't loiter and make small talk with everyone you meet along the way. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is huge. Church, may we have a refocus moment right now, not to look at what's happening around us, but to look at the harvest and to see that it is ready, to see that it is plentiful. And we travel light, meaning like Jesus, we set our face like a flint, not getting distracted, not getting discouraged, but I am focused on what matters most, seeing people come to know Jesus. Amen. Are you with me today? You're receiving the word? Awesome. I believe that you are. So what is the Lord saying to us today? First thing from these passages of scripture, number one, believe and do not doubt. Believe and do not doubt that the harvest truly is plentiful. It is huge. People are ready to receive Jesus. They just need people like you and I, the laborers, to tell them about the good news of who Jesus is. You know, only 4% of the Bay Area go to church. Haha, <laughs> the harvest is plentiful and it is huge. May people at exchange be the laborers to see the greatest end time harvest ever. Second thing, we pray, we don't complain. We believe and we don't doubt. Number two, we pray and we don't complain. Why? Because we get on our knees and we pray for the Lord of the harvest to bring in the greatest revival because he will send people like you and me to be the laborers. And we pray that we'll be moved with compassion and not judgment. And thirdly, what's the Lord saying from this? It's about discipleship. You know, no God, make him known. No God, make him known. What does that mean? It means we win souls and we make disciples. You know, the purpose of our community groups is, is a lot more than just a social hanging out. It's a lot more than just gathering with the people that you like and the people that you're friends with. But it's a vehicle where we can truly help each other to remain focused on the harvest, remain focused on the lost, remain committed and prayerful to see people who don't yet know Jesus come to know him and then be discipled so that they can become all that he has called them to be. Revival and discipleship, they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Win souls, make disciples, know God, make him known. And I know for a lot of you listening right now, there's a hundred reasons that just popped into your head as to why you can't do this, right? The doubt just flooded your heart. Um, you just feel disqualified, feel inadequate. 
And I want to read Luke 10 verse 3, but this time from the voice translation. And it says this, it's time for you to go. I'm sending you out armed with vulnerability, like lambs walking into a pack of wolves. Great, great translation. Armed with vulnerability. It just paints this great picture because Jesus knows our humanity. He knows our frailty. He knows our shortcoming. He didn't tell us to go and win souls and make disciples. He didn't tell us that the harvest is plentiful and all you need to do is go and pray. If he didn't know who we are, if he didn't know our shortcomings, if he didn't know our frailty and our humanity, and he says, you know what, I'm arming you with vulnerability. What does that mean? I know your humanity. I know your weakness. But I want you to hear me today. Church, your weakness does not disqualify you. Neither does your brokenness. Neither does your inadequacies. Neither does your lack of scripture, your lack of knowledge, your lack of understanding. None of that disqualifies us because Jesus told us, hey, I'm sending you out armed with vulnerability. And in fact, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 talks about how Jesus's grace is sufficient for you and I. His grace today is sufficient for you and I to know God and to make him known, to build his church, bring heaven to earth. His grace is sufficient for us to remain focused on the harvest and focused on discipleship. And it's the fact it's his power that scripture goes on to say is made perfect in our weakness. Ha. Huh. We don't have an excuse. Our weakness is actually what allows His power to be made perfect in us. There is nothing that can disqualify you. It's just your own decision to say, I can't do this. But I pray that you've been encouraged today to say, you know what? Even in my frailty, I've been armed with vulnerability and I'm going to go and I'm going to share the good news of Jesus. May we set our face like flint towards the lost and not get distracted and not lose heart. So how do we remain focused? How do we refocus on the lost? Here's some encouragement for you. Number one, now ask the Holy Spirit right now to just show you three people, the names of three people that are in your world, that you know, that you're in regular contact and relationship with, but they don't yet know Jesus as their Lord, as their Savior. And commit to pray daily for them. Commit to pray for them until they get saved. You know, I, I remember when God put a friend of mine that I went to school with on my heart and I prayed for their salvation for 10 years. See, when God puts someone on your heart right now, I pray that it's a divine um, inspiration from the Holy Spirit and that your commitment to them is to pray, is to pray until they get saved. Your, your commitment to them is to believe for an opportunity to invite them to church, to share a message from exchange with them, but to set your face like flint that these three people will get saved. And when these three people get saved, you're going to start to pray and believe for another three people. Number two. How to refocus? Be bold. Be bold about sharing Jesus. Be bold about sharing the goodness of who He is in your life, what He's done for you, how He set you free, how He's made you a brand new person. This is the good news. You know, I guarantee you, if you had the cure for COVID right now, 
you would tell everyone, right? Because you want people to be well. You want people to be whole. Well, we have the good news of Jesus. Let's be bold in sharing our faith. Tell everyone, believe for that opportunity. Just step out in boldness when you're at Trader Joe's, at Costco, Home Depot, wherever it is that you are. Just say, God, I pray that they would um, see my smile through my eyes. I pray, Lord, for the opportunity just to have a God conversation with someone. I pray, Lord, for a word of knowledge. I pray, Lord, that the difference that you made in my life, I can share that with someone else today. And number three, have faith that the harvest is ready. Have faith that Jesus it is what he said it in his word. It is exactly like he said it, that the harvest is huge, that the harvest is plentiful. It's just us that need to go. Amen. Well, hopefully you've received this word today. And church, I, I want to close with this thought. We're called to win souls, not to win arguments. We're called to be the salt, not to be right. I want to pray for you and if you're honest and you say Ellie I love Jesus but I have got a little um things have gone blurry my love and my compassion for people who don't know Jesus has been filled with judgment and has been filled with things that it shouldn't be filled with and then let's just pray this um, prayer God may you help us every single one of us to refocus the things that have become blurry where we've lost our compassion and our heart for people, where we've been so consumed with ourselves that we've forgotten to share the hope of who you are in our lives, we repent. Where we've given the enemy a foothold because of our frustration, because of our disappointment, we repent. God, give us the boldness, give us the faith to believe you at your word, and Lord, may we be a part of the greatest revival, the greatest harvest this world has ever seen. God, may we win souls and make disciples. God, may we take the mission and the vision of exchange and live it. And we would live it. God, as we're walking around sharing the good news, God, I thank you for testimony after testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen awesome. For those of you who tuned in and are hearing about Jesus for the first time, and you've actually never um, surrendered your life to Jesus, you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior. Someone just forwarded you this message because they love you, because they want to see you become all that God has called you to, because they want to see you in heaven, they want to see you living the life that you were always created to live. And if you would say, Ellie, pray with me today. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Or Ellie, I want to come back into a relationship with Jesus. I want to pray this prayer with you. And you're not praying it to me. I'm just simply giving you some words. And if that's you going, I need Jesus in my life. I need the fullness of Jesus in my life. I surrender ownership of my life to him. And pray this simple prayer with me. Everybody, dear Jesus. Today I surrender ownership of my life to you, Lord. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God, that you came, you died,
and you rose again for me. And I ask Jesus that you will forgive me of my sins and help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that all of heaven is rejoicing. If you prayed that prayer today, that's the most important, most significant decision that you can make for you and for your household. And we would love the opportunity to help you become a disciple, not just to pray a prayer one day, but to become all that God has called you to be, all that God has created you to be. Would you let us know by emailing hello at exchangecc.com. We have a gift for you. We have a team of people who would love to help you get connected into one of the awesome community groups that we have right now. Amen. Sound great? Awesome. Well, I pray that you have been blessed. I pray that we all live focused, focused on letting people know about how awesome Jesus is. May we win souls and make disciples. I love you. So much great things happening. Check your email. Can't wait till we gather in person again. But in the meantime, God bless and I'll see you next week.